promised myself I wasn't going to start this one by saying across the pond, so I won't. Uh, instead, we're just going to say we're going to be talking about Excalibur right now, Excalibur number 42. It's uh, Alan Davis coming in and uh, taking over and uh, sort of shaking things up. And to join me on this trek through Excalibur is my pal Jesse Starcher. How you doing, Jesse? My goodness, Christian, I'm glad I am here to hang out with you and talk a little this this project. This project that you have undertaken, sir, <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm glad I could participate. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. I really, really appreciate it. It's uh, it's going to be a good time. And the thing of it is, uh, you uh, don't have much history, or you don't have any history with, with Excalibur, correct? That's correct. I mean, I know some of the characters, obviously, just because I've read some comic books and seen the characters in passing, but I've never sure. sat down and read very much Excalibur straight through. I've always, if there was a crossover, a big event, X, X event or whatever, X over, if you will, and Excalibur happened to be a part of it, then most likely I've picked that up or at some point read it. But outside of just really binging Excalibur, never did it. So I don't know what to expect. Perfect, perfect. You know, uh, there's a another fellow on the on the program here, uh, Jeremiah, who's doing X Factor, and he's never read it, uh, that that era of X Factor. So I, I love that there's just such a, a diversity in um, experience levels with uh, this era of books because uh, so so many times I wish I could re-experience these for the first time, and and it's going to be really cool to actually you know be alongside people who are experiencing this for the first time. So I think we're going to have uh, some very interesting uh, thoughts and opinions as we keep going through. Um, now, I, there's a question that I've been asking all the co-hosts, but uh, I, I, think the, I think it stops here because you never bought X-Men number one, right? Not off the stands. Uh, I may end up, I may have ended up with it <laughs> secondhand at some point. It might be laying in a long box somewhere, but uh, that was a that was a huge book, and I'm mm -hmm. really honestly surprised at myself that I didn't buy it off the stands at the time. Most likely it was because I didn't have it on my pool list. I was lucky enough okay. to have a comic shop in my area that had a pool list. Feet, you know, they they would let you put down whatever you wanted from the previews mag, and oh, wow. that one escaped me. How about that? Yeah, that's like almost unheard of for that era where they just let you do that without charging you uh, charging you a convenience fee. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Um, and uh, you did say uh, off the air that you did buy uh, uh, some X Force number ones uh, uh, just recently or, or fairly recently. Yeah, they were again. They were in a bunch of comics that I picked up at an auction, which I have. Uh, usually the thing that I do is I go out and buy comics in bulk as cheap as I can. Okay. I'm not sure. proud to say I'm a cheapskate, but I will go ahead and say that I'm a cheapskate as much You're comics as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can get it for, you know, a real cheap price, well, it turns out this long box had a bunch of uh, X-Force number ones polybagged in mm -hmm. the, and not opened. So whoever was collecting that these at the time were going after those trading cards. Now, the question is, did I crack one open and read it? The answer is no. Ooh. You're, you're yeah. missing something great. No, <laughs> That's what not. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, we've established that Excalibur is a new property to you, but the X-Men certainly aren't. So how about you tell That's us right. how you uh, how you became introduced uh, to the X-Men family of titles? Where did you come in? What did you dig? How long did you stick around? 
Okay. So I thought about this question quite a bit today, and <laughs> I want to take you back to 1988. All right. A young 10 year old whippersnapper uh, who just so happened to go into the People's News, which, you know, that's probably a, a regional type uh, books or a newsstand deal. But uh, walked in there, and sure enough, there sits Mark Silvestri's X Men, Uncanny X Men, right there on the shelves. And if you remember Inferno, that oh, yeah. large crossover that was going on. Something appealed to me, and I'm going to say that Mark Silvestri drew a wonderful Madeline Pryor, and oh, yeah. she was featured <laughs> right there on the front <laughs> book, uh, front of the book. And I, I, sure enough, I grabbed that off the newsstand, and I was hooked. Uh, Inferno, I think, gripped, you know, at least touched a lot of the titles going on through sure. the Marvel universe, and I had. Uh, was picking up Spider-Man at the time as well. Just whenever I could get it off the newsstand, I would. So I'd say probably about 10 years old is probably when I got my first X-Men comic. And then I just, as best as I could and as allowance would allow, and you know, whenever my mom would let me go into the People's News, I could pick up the latest issue, and hopefully I wouldn't miss any. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Inferno starts with 241, because I'm looking through and I'm like, okay, when was this? This is 1988. I think it hits the shelves October of 88. And I was looking at the covers and I was going uh, collecting, I think, at least 241 all the way up to, I think, 251. So I got 10 issues. That's a pretty big feat for a kid who's just walking into the newsstand and praying that it's there. For sure. Um, Yeah. So and that was I was looking at the artists on that, too. We had Mark Silvestri, 245. Rob Liefeld shows up, does an mm-hmm. issue. Uh, then uh, Mark Silvestri does 246, 247. Jim Lee steps in and does, I think, his first X-Men issue, which is 248. Yep. And then uh, we go back to Mark Silvestri. So long story short, it was 10 years old. I started probably as faithfully as I could collecting X-Men and staying up with those characters. Now I knew a little bit about X factor. I knew a little bit about the other X books that were going on around just because Inferno touched on a good bit of those characters, especially between X factor and X-Men at the time. Uh, So I was trying to get as much as I could with Inferno itself, but mainly staying faithful to the X books and Spider-Man. So kind of going outside of those two titles, I was kind of scared to pick up something because I didn't know if I would like it. I didn't know mm-hmm. if I'd like that character. You know, if Captain America was sitting there, I didn't know if I wanted to pick that up and read it. Because sure. I don't know, you know, I don't know who his villains are. You know, and of course, back then, if the co- cover looked cool, most likely I'd try to do my best to grab it if I could. But sure. I was wanting to stay with the people I was familiar with. So I probably continued to read what was going on with X-Men up through probably. I remember staying in touch during the Fatal Attractions. Uh, event and mm-hmm. of course age of apocalypse so i'd say straight up to i don't know the 90s maybe early 2000s because when cable showed up one of mm-hmm. my favorite characters i was getting his book and again this was another one that i put on the pool list uh, i was getting cable and man those were the days when i was going to college <laughs> i would go to college for like i don't know five or six weeks and come back home and stop by the comic book store and of course he was he was kind enough to keep every single comic that I wanted, which were like three or four comics. But I would drop like, I don't know, like 50 bucks on comics every time sure. I came home. And 
I would walk home with, you know, I, I was able to stay up with cable. And, and so I was really mutant centric, I guess you would say, for quite mm-hmm. a while up through about, I would say, the mid 90s. And then I uh, maybe late 90s. And then I just kind of got out of comic book collecting for a little while. Sure, and sure. Uh, everything, everything got a little too convoluted for me to just jump right back in. <laughs> It's it's interesting you say that because I um you know I started about ninety one ninety two and I stayed with it very brief breaks uh you know less than a year at a time uh, if I you know was just broke or if I was just angry at a direction I would stop for a little bit but uh for the most part I've had more or less an uninterrupted run for almost for about thirty years and uh, I did drop the books about two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. that's when they were doing like X-Men blue, X-Men gold, X-Men black, X-Men red. And it was just way too weird. And, uh, and I did have, I did still have a working knowledge of the, of the team and the characters. And I was reading it. Uh, I was still reading it at that point. And we got to those color books and nobody, nobody was, uh, identifiable to me. I couldn't mm-hmm. recognize anybody just the way it was written and the way they were uh, depicted, um, you know, sure, uh, you know, I could tell that the girl with red hair is Jean Grey, you know, or the the young Jean Grey. I could mm-hmm. tell the guy with the visor was Cyclops, but they just weren't the same characters. And uh, I dropped out and I actually stayed away probably for the longest I've ever stayed away, which was like two or three years. And I started collecting again with uh, this Dawn of X stuff that's going on right now. And I tell you what, I I feel like I, you know, I'm I'm. I'm about to go over a waterfall and I only have one oar, you know, I don't know anything that's going on. Uh, these characters, I don't know much about anything. It's just so strange. And uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about with trying to get back in, but it's just not, not inviting in the slightest. Yeah. It's I just, think the uh, last, the last of uh, X-Men event or title that i read was oh, what was it called where they was it all new x-men where they or which one was it where they, where they came, the originals back yeah where they brought yeah, the originals forward in time yeah all new x-men okay so i was i dug that for quite a bit and i wanted to stay with it but again it was something that i just you know there was too much going on to where i i, I couldn't mm-hmm. i couldn't do it and i but i enjoyed it i did i did like what was going on, on the page but that was the last time i actually read something that i can recall that was uh, pure X-Men sure. uh, that recent anyway. And after that, how many, man, how many years ago was that? That was like, it's going 2013, on like, 2012. Yeah. I was going to say it's yeah. close to 10 now. So, yeah, but you know, that's uh, there. I, I, I listen to the podcasts. That's the thing. I stay up with the podcast. <laughs> just that way I can kind of keep in tune with the current events. That's about the best way I, I know how to do it right now. And if something really piques my interest, I may go read it. But as of right now, I'm unfortunately out of the mm. X titles. I, I've uh, I've got a very tall stack of the Dawn of X books. I, I started like really, you know, full of vim and vigor. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to read these every time they come out. And uh, yeah, that lasted about a month. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Marvel started doing their, you know, their double shipping thing, so you'd get two issues every month of like every book in the line. So it's Gosh. so yeah. So in my my monthly DCBS packet, instead of just getting one of each book, I'm getting two of each book. It's mm-hmm. it's just a big pile. But you know, we're we're all at home these days, so maybe I will uh, get to check them out. Find some time. Now we are here to discuss. Another October 1991 book, and that is Excalibur number 42. It's got a very strange cover. Um, yes. 
<laughs> Boy, this thing looks weird. I remember I remember this cover is what's strange because when you go to the comic book store, you know, back in the day, everything was just so you had so much to pick from that looked sure. so cool. But this cover, I remember just seeing it back when it hit the shelves. Oh, yeah. It's very, very um, – it's just very unique. Uh, we have our team, and they're all, like, looking into – looking, like, toward the reader. They're all, like, petrified. They're all freaked out. And in the foreground, we see, like, this little tiny cartoon chicken <laughs> <laughs> telling them to prepare to die. So uh, – Prepare to die. <laughs> prepare yeah. to die. I feel so this, I feel a Tweety Bird vibe there. I, I'm yeah, just getting that. I, I tore, I tore, yeah. But, <laughs> but this one, this issue is called A Hatch is Plotted. Written mm-hmm. and drawn by Alan Davis, with inks by Mark Farmer. Letters Michael Heisler, colors Glynis Oliver. Edited by Terry Cavanaugh. The chief is Tom DeFalco. This one, and this is important, uh, has a cover price of $1.75, which puts it... Mm-hmm. Uh, which puts it a little bit higher than the other Xbox at the time, and uh, that's why I didn't buy it. I didn't buy Excalibur because it was 50 cents more than the other Xbox. So this one was uh, wow. one of those too rich for my blood <laughs> books. Yeah, I I don't blame you there. That's when you're talking 1991. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm curious as to why the big price jump, unless it was like. You know, I think the the justification for all that was better paper quality or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Something. But uh, <laughs> most likely, you're probably right. That's probably why I wasn't picking up Excalibur number 42 at the time either. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like if if like if school the if the school lunch program like raised the prices and I got a couple more cents every day, then I should have I would have gotten it. But <laughs> they they didn't. So mm-hmm. Excalibur stayed on the shelf. Uh, Thankfully, though, Excalibur is like the X book that you'll find in a, any random 25 cent bin. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy to catch up if you need to or if you want to. And uh, maybe after we go through this issue, you will want to. Uh, now, this one opens uh, at the old pier in Brighton, England here. This is the headquarters of TechNet. Now, TechNet is weird. Let's talk about them because this <laughs> This is something where I was like, who in the world are these people? And am Mm -hmm. I supposed to take them seriously? Because I can't. (laughs) Technet, I, um, as you know, as I just said, I I wasn't reading uh, Excalibur. The only way I knew who or what Technet was was from the Marvel trading cards. And they always just looked, and I mean, it's by design. They look stupid. They look goofy as hell. And, uh, I could never imagine myself reading a story with TechNet <laughs> as the bad guys. Yeah. It's uh, very, very strange stuff here. It's very, it's very Excalibur. It's, uh, it's weird how, how fitting this group is with this, uh, with this team. Um, yeah, just hindsight, just, but yeah. Real quick. I, you know, like I said, this is the first time I'm jumping into Excalibur. So, I'm used to the probably the grim and gritty of okay. the X books, you know, and we hop into Excalibur and then I get this and I'm like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I obviously, you know, I am I, I'm coming into this with a different mindset than I should. So is this and I know as we go through the story, you're going to obviously get across some of the humor elements that happen mm-hmm. through this. But I mean, 
is this par for the course for Excalibur at this time? Is that what I, is that what we're expecting? Is kind of like you know we get a bit of a, some heroics, but then we get a little bit of humor as well. It is lighter, yeah. It is a lighter okay. book. Um, you know, the Excalibur is like this very weird. This, this volume of Excalibur is like a very weird sandwich for me. I, I'm familiar with. I'm. I've read the entire thing. I'm familiar with the beginning. I'm familiar with the end. But the middle part, though, I read it is kind of a blur outside of, okay. like you said, the tie-ins, you know, the, the tie-ins with uh, the Phalanx Covenant, the tie-ins with the other X-Books. But, uh, yeah, I, I always got the impression that this was uh, the goofier book uh, when mm-hmm. I would find a couple in the cheapo bin when I was a kid. Like, they were always just very strange stories, um, regardless of who was writing them, it seemed. It, it, it always had just a different vibe than the other mm-hmm. than the other X-Books. But, uh yeah, Technet's weird. Uh, Gatecrasher, their leader, is is also quite weird. Uh, it's a very large uh, blue woman um, who uh, she uh, is giddily announcing that something is alive. We don't know what this is just yet. Uh, the rest of the team, they're all thinking that she's lost her mind. You know, they're, they're like, oh, what is this lady talking about? Uh, she assures them that this is not the case and produces the answer to all of their Excalibur related problems and uh, kidnapping Phoenix in particular. And that answer is an egg. Yeah. Well, OK. All right. A hatch is plotted for sure. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny because the the the. The members, the other members of, of, you know, TechNet are sitting here looking at this egg with, you know, absolute terror on their faces. Yeah. All right. Um, so, OK, now I don't have all the members of TechNet in front of me, but I could tell you I know one of them is the weirdest looking thing I've seen. One of the weirdest the looking villains. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is Joy Boy. Joy Boy, who, I, I mean, okay, Sheehan, do your best. Do your best to describe to our listeners what Joy Boy looks like. It looks like a floating um, baby with a bloated belly and very small appendages. Um, it doesn't look to have uh, any uh, reproductive organs. Um, <sighs> it is in, like... Like a half float, like a half of an egg floating. It's very, it's 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 disturbing. Yes, horrifying <laughs> is the word. <laughs> that is the word. And for for a villain to be named Joy Boy and look like that, um, yeah. I, I granted most likely just according to what I've read, that's obviously in relation to the powers of Joy Boy. Joy Boy apparently is let's see what did they say that he could do uh he could telepathically detect a person's greatest desire and use psionic powers to fulfill a distorted version of the wish so Mm. hence joy boy not the name (laughs) i would have come up with but all right no no the terror baby yes uh, now, we, now we have the answer to all the Excalibur problems here, so let's go ahead and meet Excalibur. Uh, we shift scenes over to their lighthouse, and breakfast is underway. The radio is on, and from it we hear a news reporter discussing Excalibur's latest adventure. Now, he suggests that the team ought to be honored by the Queen, but Nightcrawler is not feeling that. He thinks that the media, and one reporter in specific, is leeching off of their heroic feats. He's uh, really ruining breakfast, unfortunately. Uh, he's 
he's really getting in the way of everybody having a good time. We got like Captain Brittany's like holding his head. He's like, please just stop. Uh, now, Megan is uh, preparing breakfast and she says uh, that she'll make Nightcrawler an egg probably just to give him something to put in his mouth so he stops talking. And uh, she opens up the carton and what do you know? One of the eggs flies out and ping pongs all over the kitchen before settling on the table and cracking open. I just watched Ghostbusters like two days ago. And that was the scene that goes through my mind when I see this. The eggs are flying around and they're going to start cooking themselves. No, that's not the case. No, no. This is something altogether different. Now, what emerges from this crackling egg is the terrifying, horrifying, genociding, hard-boiled <laughs> henway. <laughs> With HBH right there on, inscribed yes. on his chest. And a clock on his <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, no, we're we're going to discuss this because we a hatch has been plotted here, folks. It has been. It, it has been plotted. Now, I, just real quick on the members of Excalibur here mm-hmm. in front of us. Obviously, the one that I'm the most familiar with is going to be Nightcrawler, sure. uh, because I've, I, you know, in the past I've read plenty of books with him in it, especially with X Men and all that. Uh, Captain Britain I've seen, but I can't say that I've read so much. Oh, of course, and Kitty Pride too. Can't forget yeah. her. Uh, Phoenix I know a little bit about. I know she's supposedly, and I don't know if this is different in this era, but I, from what I remember, she's like an alternate timeline, future daughter of Scott and Jean. Is yes. that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. And she was uh, like brainwashed into being a hound, um, where she would hunt down mutants for uh, for like Nimrod and the Sentinels. So, and I think Ahab got involved. <laughs> they they kept oh, adding wow. layers to that to old okay. to poor old Phoenix. And then Megan, no idea. I had to do research. I may have read something with her in it. From what I understand, she like takes on the appearance of oh, well, I can't even even think of the power set that she has. But in other words, like people's perception of her is her appearance or what people want her to be is her appearance or something like that. I have no, I can't remember specifically. It, I might be way pretty off. Weird, yeah. No, it, you're, you're right. It, it's, it's weird. Uh, she does change her appearance. Uh, sometimes she'll be like a monster. Sometimes she'll be a mermaid. It's, it, it's, it's a very, it, it's like a hard power to like, to like do the elevator pitch for, cause it is just so okay. weird. And uh, it can be very uh, convenient <laughs> when need be. But, you know, like yeah. most of them, I guess, suppose. But Then we have Lockheed, right? Yes, Lockheed the Dragon, and we also have and then, Widget. Widget, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Widget, continue, sir. <laughs> Widget we're going to learn a bit about later on. Um, uh, now, we got this little birdie who pops out. Um, I, it's almost like an amalgamation of, uh, of that, like, little pain-in-the-ass bird, Henry Hawk, from uh, Looney Tunes and yeah. Tweety Bird together, kind of. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yeah. What, he's got an attitude. Now, Trudy Bird barely had every once in a while he had an attitude. But, yeah, you're right. The the uh, it was a Henry Hawk. Is that was is that was. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That uh, that definitely makes me uh, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I, I've seen Tweety Bird have an attitude when he when 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 it's airbrushed on a T-shirt, like usually wearing like a, like baggy pants and like a do rag. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You get those that at the mall right. kiosk. Yeah, it's uh, good stuff. But uh, now, Henry sure he said here, something like attitude or something, something on there, something goofy. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Henry here uh, continues with the threatening remarks, 
and uh, that clock on his bulbous yellow noggin begins to tick. And so we, uh, we know we find out here that this is no ordinary bird. It's actually a bomb. This bird is a bomb. Wow. All right, then. Yes, and with a thoom, the roof of the lighthouse is blown to smithereens. And across the sea, we can see TechNet celebrating finally having bested the Xyz. Yes, indeed. So, all right. We have our at least first casualty, and that's going to be the suicide bomber. The mad bomber himself. <laughs> hard, hard-boiled Henry. Hard-boiled Henry. I, 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 I can't believe he shows up with all this, you know, he's full of piss and vinegar, and then yeah. he decides to explode and try to kill everybody. So really messed up. Really messed up. And I, I always remember it's it's weird. It's been a long time since I read this issue before now. And I always remember Henry being around like more than just two pages. Oh, wow. <laughs> just the fact that he's gone so fast. It's like, wait, that's it. So <laughs> he's gone? I, I didn't know if this character had a history before. And I was like, OK, well, this guy shows up. He's deemed, an, uh, you know, they're obviously very concerned. He seems like a threat. He's pointing at them. He's got furrowed eyebrows. He's very upset. And then he's, I, I assume he's dead. I guess yeah, that's he, the end of Harlow Henry. He's going to be gone for a long time. I think he gets brought back, oh boy, probably like 1998, 1999. I, it was, it was did like, they explain after, this. <laughs> how in the world he survived this? I want to know. It, it was when, uh, I think it was when Chris Claremont took over Fantastic Four after uh, Scott Lobdell left after Heroes Return. And uh, Claremont, it was one of Claremont's first Marvel assignments back. And he basically like made the Fantastic Four into like an X book, <laughs> like where they fought some X villains. And it was very, very soapy like the X-Men books. It was a very weird time. I enjoy it, but uh, but it was very strange. And I think I, I'm not 100 percent, but I think Henry showed up during that. All right. So well, it is possible. Good. I'm glad he lives. I'm glad he lives. <laughs> I, he might have died that issue, though, so we don't know. <laughs> oh, geez. That's like that's his gimmick. Yes. <laughs> he shows up no. and dies every issue. Oh, my, oh, my goodness. Me. Oh, my goodness. They killed Henry. <laughs> you bastards. Um, <laughs> now, now, the bad guys, they, they're watching and then they teleport inside the remains of the lighthouse. So, they, you know, they want to collect the bodies of the of the good guys here. Unfortunately for them, Excalibur is still alive. You see, uh, before the boom, the bomb went boom, Rachel was able to deflect the blast. And so uh, Excalibur's OK. And we spend a few pages of Excalibur and TechNet punching and kicking each other about the face. Yes, they yeah. are going at it here. We got a full force battle. I, I picked out a couple of my favorite spots okay. in the in the uh, in this uh, Dottie Brook, if you will. So uh, there is one point I think where uh, I I wish I could remember his name. The, he's the scaly. He's got uh, he looks like a lizard crossed with a, a bird maybe. It, yeah okay there we go and all, all he's saying he's like he's all, all i am is the accountant he's not like engaging with anybody he's standing off to the side and captain britain just bumps into him and he's like you want some bro and then proceeds to like punch him right in the stomach while this guy's like no look i'm just an accountant and then he gets nailed and i'm like oh this poor dude okay uh 
The accountant is Numbers. That's his name. Numbers. Numbers. Okay, Numbers. All right, there we go. Uh, then we have, my goodness, I should have done some research on the names of these guys. One dude looks like, from TechNet, looks like a straight-up Battletoad. Okay? I don't know <laughs> if you remember the Battletoad. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the Battletoad's name. All right, so... I mean, he looks like maybe the most formidable of the bunch because he's all, you know, he's squatting. He's like muscular as all get out. Uh, and then if you're not running from Joy Boy just because oh, he's floating boy. towards you, I don't know what the problem would be. Uh, yeah, there. this is a, you know, this battle goes on for, I don't know, a good two or three pages. It does, um, yeah. Before everything gets stopped. Everything yes. gets stopped right and right where they're at like except for excalibur is able to move so this is interesting yes the techies are all frozen and, and we have uh you know gate crashers just a, she's just walloping britain in the face here mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden just stops and she's about to hit him again but she's frozen and uh a portal opens and uh we have two figures stepping out and this is where we meet horatio cringebottom and bert uh, cringe bottom. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> um, now they work for the Majestrix Opa Luna Saturnine by decree of the Omniversal Guardian Roma, which is probably the most Excalibury sentence ever spoke. Mm. Okay. Because that is very Excalibur heavy. <laughs> Opal Luna Saturnine <laughs> and Roma, uh, uh, with you know of course Mr. Cringe Bottom and and his buddy Bert. Uh, now. Horatio informs the team that they're here. They got to take a look at Widget, which oh, we didn't mention what Widget looks like. It's a little robot head looking thing that kind of floats around and hangs around the team. Yeah. Uh, and we will learn uh, their origins uh, later on down the line. It's a very weird, very strange stuff here. Uh, it's going to be an odd revelation. Um, no, well, he's uh, an odd looking character. I mean, just oh, a floating sure. head, you know, you're just like, what is going on? Obviously, prior to these issues. Uh, I just could pick up that he's been getting into some hijinks, according to yeah. the editor's notes anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a unique looking character. Doesn't speak a whole lot. It doesn't sound like it no. just looks like he's kind of like your your everyday, you know, metal head for a pet, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's second Lockheed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Kitty and Rachel, they try to reason with the fellas, but they ain't hearing none of this. They got their orders, and they're going to do as they're told, uh, no matter what. Now, uh, Bert, he, uh, he, he Bert, ha- he's wearing a headband that has, like, that he, like, emotes through, I guess. Like, we have him, like, like oh, he's question marks now. on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, wait a second. That's written differently. Yep. So this is actually reflecting what he's thinking. What he's thinking. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't catch like Kitty, that. Kitty walks by and he's got like hot babe on his oh headband. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nice. Yes. Now Bert, he gets to operating on the little metal head. He takes it apart piece by piece. Excalibur's not pleased, but Bert assures them they got nothing to worry about. Now inside Widget, uh, we find uh, like a bunch of gunk, garbage, what? A, it, rubber, a rubber spider. What? What is he doing? I mean, is he like a floating Roomba? I I don't know what he's doing here. He's like got all this crap inside of him. Garbage, yeah. This is like Apple Core. Why isn't my VCR working? Oh, this is why. Because the kid stuck a key in there. And and the the spider that happened to have died on top of the head of the VCR. I mean, it's just that's what I thought. And I remember reading this the second time. Do they clean him out here or do they just leave it all in? 
I because I, I was think like they I think they leave it in. I, I was I, like, clean this guy out for Pete's sake. Get the, <laughs> get the old apple core out of there at least. That's a I mean at least. At I mean that's got to smell. I mean that's got to yes. start to stink. Okay. Um, <laughs> but but they you know they sift through the garbage and refuse and they find a life force, which is surprising to them. Mm-hmm. Now. Until they can understand or better understand the inner workings of Widget, Bert decides it's best to implant something in it that they call a G slash nine five four three slash CV number seven, which, I mean, yeah. uh, that, that 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 we all know what that means, right? Yeah, it's, you uh, know, the, <laughs> I could go on and on, <laughs> but <laughs> let's just not let's not belabor the point. I I know specifically what model they're talking about sure. here for I mean, crying out loud. This this is an audio program. I'm usually better explaining it with my PowerPoint presentation, but <laughs> indeed can't do that here. Uh, but this apparently inhibits the ability to access cross time, which yeah. is another very Excalibur blank. thing. <laughs> yeah. Now this is the stuff that I like. I, I I get into comics and I love reading the just like I mentioned. I, I read the all new X Men. I love that concept because they, sure. they brought time travel into it. Now, you know, it, my favorite movie franchise of all time is Back to the Future. Uh, okay. I grew up loving time travel as a plot device, and mm-hmm. now my goodness, it's everywhere. Uh, it is everywhere. But I mean, if there was a movie or if there was a comic book that touched on time travel in some way, you know, that's why I thought Phoenix was a pretty cool character, even though I didn't read oh, much yeah. about her back in the day. I was like, oh, man, that's a pretty that's a really neat concept to have somebody coming back in time. And, you know, it's an alternate timeline. That mm-hmm. stuff, you know, that 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 makes me happy. I, that's stuff that I want to that stuff I'm interested in. So when they started talking, these guys show up and they're like the what was it again? That was the members of. Uh, the well, I had it here. Hold on a second. Uh, cross time, <laughs> something or other. Uh, cr- the cross time transport, the Ministry yes. of Cross Time Transport. Okay. Um, regulation, monitor, and control. Okay. So I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of goofy, but hey, you know, this is this is something that I can kind of dig. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, Cable's one of your favorites, and he's a noted yeah. time traveler. Yeah. That's right, Bishop. Now, Bishop as well, for sure. Yeah, it seems like most of the X-Men for a little while were time travelers. That's all they've done. I mean, I mean, they, if you don't have time travel under your belt, you can't be a member from what I understand. You can't be a team member. Yeah, you got to go to Generation X first. And then yeah, maybe start there. <laughs> now, they, uh, they, they, they implant this, uh, you know, this, this awesome device here into the shell of Widget, and then they reassemble it. And uh, they yeah. figure maybe they'll examine it later on. Uh, Widget returns, I want to say, to normal, but... We don't know what normal is for a uh, metal robot head. Um, and and I'm, I'm watching him reassemble it here. And, yes, the spider's still there. There's a key. The apple core's still there. So, yes, Widget still All smells. Right. Don't – this guy, this Bert, uh, I have my doubts about his technology, uh, at least cleaning skills. Yeah, yeah please, yeah. sir. Show me a license, <laughs> certification, something, because this is I'm, I'm not impressed. You can't just no. leave that stuff in there. But all right, whatever. And, and you got to I mean, Widget must stink. He must really stink. Oh. Um, I now, hope he installed one of those little, you know, one of those little air fresheners that you twist a little with treat. a little sticky on. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been too while you're at it, Bert. That'd have been great to see in the little pile of garbage. <laughs> The new car Perfect. smell tree. Oh. 
No, just before... change that once a month. Get Bert on the line, okay, and have him come <laughs> over, and yeah, that's all you need. That's it. That's it. Now, before finally leaving, Horatio warns the team that TechNet's stasis will only remain for another five minutes. He also hands Captain Britain a gemstone that he needs to give to Gatecrasher when they all come to. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Excalibur decides they got five minutes. What are you going to do in five minutes? Well, how about we just be a bunch of dicks? Um, this, what the- <laughs> this is some slapstick this is- stuff coming up right here. This is great. <laughs> they move the frozen TechNet members into position so that when they finally wake up, they'll just start punching each other. <laughs> it's Perfect. so silly. But it's great. Yes, it's perfect. And like, the, and no, no doubt about it. They come to and Kate Crasher caves in the face of that battle toad. Oh my gosh, this is something that I don't think you're going to see in a '90s X book. Excuse me, exactly. X Men book. You know, yeah. you're not going to see it in your. This is this makes this book stand out to me as oh, yeah. you know at least something that is entertaining while we're getting a little bit of seriousness obviously sure. uh, but this keeps it just like you said on the lighter side of things and that makes it fun oh absolutely and uh, poor joy boy is getting vomited on by a snake so <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> my gosh uh it says he could not be any more grotesque let's add yes. some snake vomit to it let's all right that's great vomit. Now, they punch each other for a bit before they realize, "Uh uh-oh, shouldn't have done that. Uh, Now, Captain Britain informs Gatecrasher that he has a gift for her. He's got that gemstone. He hands it over, and from it, a holographic message appears, and it's from Saturnine. Now, she informs the TechNet that their contract on Phoenix has been rescinded, and also says, oh, by the way, your exile on Earth-616 is now indefinite. Sorry, Yep, you guys are stuck for good right here on this Stops planet. to be you guys, yes. Um, now, we got Nightcrawler. He's having some pangs of Catholic guilt uh, because Joy Boy is crying. And uh, Megan is ever, upset. First off, I don't care what a baby looks like. You hear a crying baby, you're going to feel bad. But You're going to have you the know, pangs, yes. <laughs> yes, you're going to feel you're going to feel a little bit for it at least. But, I mean, hey, that's... That's what it is. That's that's what happens. As soon as you hear a crying baby, you want to comfort it. You want to do something. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, Megan and Nightcrawler plead with Captain Britain that they should take care of the stranded tech net. And Captain Britain's like, no, have you seen that baby? No. <laughs> I, uh, take another look. Look at that. He's actually pointing at it. He is pointing it's, at the baby in the panel. It's, it's, it's not a baby. <laughs> But, but, you know, the, the Catholic guilt and uh, Megan's maternal instinct kicks in and proves to be too strong. And Captain Britain comes around. He's like, all right, we can do it. I, I don't I don't agree with it. But what are you going to do? We'll, we'll we'll do it. Uh, and so you, that oh, go ahead. I was going to say you, you get a little bit of uh, just a little bit of tension here right in those last few panels before we head off of this Excalibur story where Megan leans in and gives a big old smoocheroo right on Nightcrawler's cheek and lust in his eyes and lust in your eyes, brother. Oh, oh, Megan's like, oh, you know, he's not the you, you can you can just bank on it that brian's not the jealous type oh i don't think so it doesn't look like that to me anyway we might learn more about that next month (laughs) (laughs) 
I wonder now, what awaits us. I wonder, I wonder. But uh, we leave Excalibur here, and uh, we go to an epilogue on... Well, it, I think it's supposed to be pronounced Earth, but it's spelled E-E-apostrophe-R-A-T-H, so Erath, maybe? Um, That's what I was going Yeah, yeah, and it's here that we meet... Uh, well, uh, huh, um, maybe one of the more lackluster character finds of 1991. Okay. A, uh, a fellow by the name of Kylan. And, uh, oh, he, he is not a Thundercat. No, no, but he did, oh, okay. he did get an, he did actually get a, an X-Men action figure. I don't know how. Did he but really? He, got one. he did, yeah. I had never he heard did. of this character until I read this issue. So I yeah. had no clue <laughs> this was. Didn't know the name. I was like, okay, well, this is obviously going to be something we're sticking with in yeah. Excalibur for like the next few issues. But I had no clue. So, all right, well then. Oh, yeah, he will be back. He will uh, He will actually – he'll be a big part of this book moving forward. He's, he's clearly at least familiar with Earth because like the first thing you see is him – and, and again, I haven't read what came before this, so th- there's obviously a history here. So, But when I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, who is this dude? But he, they're obviously on a different Earth or something like that, and he shows up, and he kind of like saves the day. But he is using like Earth references. Uh, he, Go ahead, punk, make my day. And then he sure. proceeds to quote uh, Porky Pig. That, 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 that's all, folks. Um, so I was like, okay, he's obviously from Earth, I assume, Um and then, yeah, at the end, he's going to make Excalibur pay mm-hmm. for the devastation they unleashed on this world. I have no idea what's going on here, Sheehan. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very weird. It is a uh, very very weird. Um, I I I I could have sworn Kylan came later. Uh, when I saw Kylan here, I was surprised. I thought he was. Okay. Uh, I didn't think he was coming uh, this quickly. And uh, his story is, it's moderately interesting. It's going to get tied in with Widget. It's going to get tied in with a lot of different, very, very Excalibur-y things. Um, Which, you know, as lackluster as I might find Kylan, I do do really yearn for the days where they would do something like this. They would give us like one brand new character. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and, you know, it might become a might not become a wizard hot book but at, at the same time it's just like okay we have a new character we can learn about here instead of you know well here's here's 15 teenage mutants enjoy it's <laughs> now we get like this one guy and uh and, and we can have him you know integrate onto the team or uh, or opposed to the team whichever which mm-hmm. whichever way the wind will blow for for our man kylan mm-hmm. so this is your first time well not your first time through this issue but your first time discussing <laughs> this issue yeah yeah. What'd you think? Well, like I said, it was a different experience than what I thought I was going to get because mm-hmm. like I said, I was used to the the grim, the gritty, the sure. the 90s the X-Men, you know, mm-hmm. the 90s uh X-Factor. And at this time, so we're 3 years past when I first started reading X-Men. I can't remember what storylines going on in the 90s. I'm I know we're a little bit prior 
to this, is, this month is when everything kicks off. So this is the the month where X Men number one hit. This is where uh, X Men two Uncanny X Men two eighty one hits, where the Gold Strike team comes in. X Force is already established. Havoc is leading X Factor. This all happens this month. So this is oh wow yes okay. so this is a biggie. This is a big month. So this is coming out concurrent with all those huge sweeping changes across the line. My goodness. I mean, yeah. just just imagine, you know, this issue hits the stands and you have that to go kind of up against when <laughs> right. you're when you have a, a limited wallet already, a li- limited amount of funds to go. And you got to um, buy five covers of X-Men number one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Excalibur is going to get tossed to the side. Yeah, dude, I had a lot of I, I had a lot of fun. Like I said, I was familiar with some of the characters. Uh, Technet, I had no idea about. So that was that was again that was a fun introduction to some uh, some crazy, just absurd looking villains. Oh, and sure. I again, I'm I'm very excited about the the alternate reality slash time travel that's already in the book. If you're looking at oh, yeah. Phoenix and um and, and of course we got cringe bottom and burt showing up there that was neat i mean they just show up out of nowhere and kind of add some mystery and intrigue uh kylan at the end like i said i have i take it or leave it i guess we're i, I just assumed okay well this guy's obviously going to be a thorn in their side at some point and uh it it was fun i'm glad i had the chance to read it and discuss Perfect. it and i look forward to talking about it some more Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we will be doing this every month. And uh, next, <laughs> next issue we have a uh, a little blurb here. It says uh, the the next book, next issue, home comforts or who exploded the toilet. So um, it's just a, oh man, so that that's so. I like the titles the, the you know, the title, the title of that one, probably my favorite so far. I, I just hope it's not Joy Boy who destroyed, who exploded. The oh, toilet. man. I don't know if you could put a diaper on the kid. <laughs> I don't know. I, that shell might be part diaper for all we know. Maybe, maybe that's what's inside Widget. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh Widget. I'm sorry, man. Mm. That doesn't look healthy. I'll no. tell you that much because you can pick out some of the stuff, but you don't oh. know what the rest of that is. You're hoping it's lint. You're hoping yeah. it's dust bunnies or something like that, but you never know. But it's just purpley brown sludge from all we know. Um, now, l- later on, we're going to be talking about um, we're gonna, we're, we'll cover like letters pages and stuff going forward. But for this one, I mean, they're talking about a book we're not going to discuss. So we'll, we'll skip the letters page for this installment. But, uh, you know, as they start discussing, you know, the issues that we are covering, uh, we can go through letters pages and see what the uh, the man on the street, the man and woman on the street were thinking about uh, the exploits of Excalibur. And uh, maybe like they it. find. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think uh, hopefully they'll find Joy Boy just as uh, wonderful as we do. Um, but uh, if there if there aren't kids like you know just that loved garbage pail kids and saw that and were like oh yes well, I got to buy more Joy Boy please uh, that, that that would be my first you know that that would be my my first I don't know I guess like connecting the dots I'm like hey okay though so this guy took a garbage pail kid and threw it in this issue I'm buying <laughs> now more. Now that you mention it. <laughs> okay. Now that you mention it, it does look a lot like a garbage pail kid. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> disturbing is the word sir a hundred percent but uh that's about all we got for excalibur before i let you go uh, how about you do some uh plugging all right yeah hey 
if you are interested in listening to uh, hey Chris Sheehan's been on my podcast I do a podcast yes. called it is called hold on a second I remember what it's called it's called it's been a while <laughs> since I've done it that's the problem <laughs> source the source material comics podcast one, yes. there we go uh, I'm at over 250 episodes so for me to forget the title of my own show would obviously <laughs> Gives you an idea of the mindset that I'm in right now. The show is on high. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, The show is on hiatus at the moment just because I at least my part in it is is on hiatus because my job is essential AF around here in the state Mm -hmm. of Ohio. So um, I may turn the show over to a couple people who are interested in providing some content. But anyway, if you go over to the Rattlech in Broadcasting Network. Uh, and the W2M network, you should be able to find our podcast and a host of all sorts of podcasts over there. Uh, Shan, you're involved in the Podsman mm-hmm. wrestling podcast they have over there with Mark and and uh, Hero. And then we have, my goodness, there's video game podcasts on there. But either way, you can find me on the Source Material Comics podcast. All it is really is just a few guys coming together, some girls every once in a while, and we're just talking about comics. Uh, we'll look at a storyline, discuss what happens in it, and then talk about our feelings on it. And that's just about it. So you're most likely going to be able to find something that you're interested in and, and hear us talk about it. So if you're looking for some content for your ears, check that out. I also take part in a podcast on the Unspoken Decade. It's called Unspoken Issues, where Chris Armstrong and I discuss a 90s comic, and what we do is we put a poll up on the Unspoken Decade Facebook page, and you can pick between two 90s comics, which one you want, and then we watch one lose, and whichever one wins is the one we're going to discuss, and we've had the opportunity to discuss some fun comics over there, (laughs) all 90s related, so I feel right at home here on the Excalibur uh, 42 forward. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all great shows and, uh, everything will be linked to in the show notes. So, uh, no worries about having to remember anything. Uh, just, uh, know that it'll be in the show notes. Glad I can rely on you, Sheehan, to remember (laughs) what my podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta be good for something. So there we go. Um, so that'll all be in the show notes. We definitely, you know, if if there is any spare time after this show is over, because at this rate, I think it's going to be about 78 hours for this episode. But uh, if there is any free time after that, definitely other shows to listen to. And we will link to a slew of them in those show notes here. But uh, that's all we got for Excalibur. I want to thank Jesse so, so much for hanging out today and uh, look forward to, as you said, many, many more because Excalibur ain't going anywhere for quite a while. So uh, had a great time today and uh, we will send it over to the next segment. Bye.